Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Hi, it's Al Anderson on the podcast today. A bit of music and a bit of good advice. First, the Tims, a band I want you to find out about. And then Carolyn Klassen from Connexus Counseling. Before we get going, though, please subscribe to the podcast. That way you get it as soon as it's ready. And please also rate the podcast. And now, the podcast. I want to play a bit of a song here for you. This is from the local band, The Tims. Their first single, it's called Living a Lie. We'll talk to one of the members of the band and then talk more. The Tims Living a Lie on CJOB. the Tims and one of the Tims, Tim Haverluck joins us in studio here now. Tim, nice to meet you. Thanks for having me. Get a little closer to the microphone there so we can hear you real good. Right on. First of all, I really like your stuff. I appreciate that. Uh, tell me where the band came from. Now there's you, another Tim, and then uh, uh, Jay Bachman. Jay. Is a bass player, yeah. yeah. Yeah, give the other guys plugs. Yeah, we have uh, a core is our power trio. We started about six years ago. Uh, in Winnipeg, uh, we were actually called the Stabs, as an homage to Winnipeg uh, initially, <laughs> but we then changed our name to the Tims. Yeah, uh, Tim Scarcy actually also uh, recorded, and engineered, and produced lots of our albums. So he's mm-hmm. very talented and had a very big role yeah. in getting this off the ground. Right, and uh, now we're here six years later, yeah. finally. So are you a rock band? I guess you're a rock band, eh? Yeah, I would say so. But it is a very eclectic sound that you have. Yeah, a little bit of uh, Black Keys, a little bit of Junior Kimbrough, a little bit of Patrick Sweeney, a little bit of blues, a little bit of rock. Yeah. Lots of finger style. And horns. What the hell's with the horns? Uh, The horns on uh, Gigolo in particular were produced by Tim, the other Tim. Yeah. Uh, And that turned out really nice, uh, featuring Johnny Chaos and uh, Jay Bachman also played horns for that. Cool. But I wanted to take the opportunity that we had with the album and take the production level to the next level. Yeah. 
and not just uh, be so bare bones about it. So mm -hmm. I shied away from putting strings on it and a whole orchestral uh, arrangements, yeah. but I felt the horns uh, fit really nicely. Yeah, and you got a, an al I was going to say CD release party. Of course, no, it's an album release party. Well, even then, I guess that's even more old school. I, I don't know what you call it now, but, you know, there's so many different platforms that a, that a music comes out on, and you've got this coming up next week. That's next Thursday. At uh, Goodwill, right? That's correct. Believe it or not, it is actually a hard copy CD release party. Excellent. So with a $20 cover, you get uh, admission to the show as well as a hard copy of the CD, which yep. we are picking up today, the hard copies. Nice. As well as the merch, uh, yeah. our hoodies and tees and stickers get in today. Very cool. So we'll cool. have those at the party. Yeah. It's like you are saying, that's Thursday, August 16th at the Goodwill. Yeah. 625 Portage. Doors at 8 p.m. First band starts at 8.30. Another wicked local trio, Northern Lights Drive. Our friends uh, Ethan, Clint, and Jason. Second up is uh, the Reverend Rambler, a really a real Winnipeg favorite. Yeah. I'm sure everyone will enjoy him. He's right. a childhood friend of ours as well. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to hit the stage probably around 9.45. It'll be the first time with a full band, seven-piece band. Yeah, so you're going to have the horns and everything there, right? Live, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that'll be the first for us. That's that, very cool. Very exciting, yeah. Yeah. So obviously, you know, I started in rock radio many years ago, and then the last, you know, seven or eight, maybe even ten years, I've been sort of out of that scene. But, it, I mean, the rock music scene has changed in that back in my day on Power 97, we never would have played a song like that. But now it, it is considered rock, and it's a great song. Have we have we matured as uh, music uh, lovers to accept different types of music more now? Do you think? Uh, I hope so, but I've always ran into problems when you're trying to define a certain genre, mm. especially with our band. So, uh, if you're trying to assign a genre to it, that's for everybody else to do. Yeah, that, not not for us. Right. We we continue to defy genres. And I think uh, listening to our 13-track full CD will be a good indication of mm. how varied the style is. Throughout. Yeah. I want to play a bit of Gigolo. That's kind of how I found out about you guys. I saw the guy uh, working on the video as somebody I know, and he shared a bit of it with me. And I thought, wow, these guys, are, what a cool song. Gigolo, that's my favorite, by the way. So we're <laughs> going to play that going out. Um, but what I like about... The way music has gone now is that you guys can do this stuff yourself now. And you can charge, uh, you know, 20 bucks and give them a CD and sell your own merch and put it online and get it out there in so many different ways. You don't have to worry about radio anymore. You don't have to worry about uh, music companies anymore. Well, I suppose that is the beauty of some new social media platforms in this day and age. But uh, nonetheless, it's still a lot of time and capital has gone into it. Mm -hmm. So we have to try to push it on as many platforms as we can, yeah. whether it be radio or social media. Right. But but I hear what you're saying, and yeah. it is nice. It's a new age. Yeah, it absolutely is. And if you're a lover of uh, a particular band or their music, you can promote them, you know, help promote them. And there's many ways that you can support local bands. And it's nice to see, too, with clubs like uh, Goodwill and places where we're getting back to live music, right? For a long time, a band like you had nowhere to play. Right? <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. Only a few places. Uh, yeah. We were um, playing down at 555 Osborne that was run by Everett King there at the beginning right. lots and playing around a lot of bars like the Cavern around town. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
but it's always a battle. It's always a battle. You got to get in where you fit in. Get on bills uh, with other bands that have similar fans or yeah. similar genres, mm-hmm. right? No matter whether you're playing rockabilly or blues or yeah. what, you got to get in where you fit in. Mm-hmm. And it's not like playing cover music, where which is an easier gig, yeah, to uh, procure. What is this band? Uh, what is this album called, by the way? Uh, it's called Rough Custy. Rough Custy. Okay. I just wanted to get that out there, too. Different ways for people to search and try and, and find you. Um, Jigolo, tell me about uh, tell me about this song, and tell me about the video. And I won't spoil the video. When is the video going to be released, by the way? It's it's out now. Oh, it is out now. Yeah, so the Tim's Jigolo on YouTube. Right now, I uploaded it last night in the middle okay. of the night. Uh, I have links in our Instagram as well as Facebook pages. Yeah. Um, but it was... Uh, a concept uh, dreamed up by us and uh, our mutual friend Evan did such a good job uh, running with the concept and and filming everything and realizing our vision and it turned out great. Um, I'm convinced that the danger that was inherent with us dancing on the roof and skateboarding <laughs> yes. like neither, none shirtless, of us, yeah, shirtless, <laughs> wearing masks. None of us have been on a skateboard for sixteen yeah. years, so there's a lot of danger. It was like a very reminiscent of stuntmen. So there is definitely a little something for everybody in yeah. this video. I feel that uh, that element of danger gave lent itself to the shot. Yeah, and, and made some good, for some good shots for sure. Okay, so again, it's the Tims. Gigolo, G-I-G-O-L-O, Gigolo, The Tims, on YouTube right now. If you don't want to go and check out the video, I want to play the song. Just talk a little bit about the song and the sound because I love it. Uh, again, it's kind of uh, our sound is based around an electric fingerstyle. So I'll play the uh, bass notes with my thumb and then the melody with my fingers simultaneously mm-hmm. and then sing along to that uh, whole Ensemble, so that's kind of my gimmick. So we have three things going at once, yeah. And then I add the other two guys to it to uh, back it up with a punch, and that's how it all started. The horns were added later, obviously, and just definitely added a lot of feeling and uh, ambience to it. Right. So again, uh, the Tims and their new album, Rough Custy, it drops on Thursday night, next Thursday, at uh, Goodwill. Uh, doors open at 8, music around 9. You figure you'll be on about 9 or? Uh, I think we're on about 9.45. So you got 8.30, that's Northern Lights Drive. Yeah. Uh, I think about 9 or 9.15, Reverend Rambler. And then we're on at 9.45 or 10. All right. Tim's. Tickets 20 bucks. That includes a CD. 10 if you want a ticket without the CD. But I would suggest you get this CD. It is really good. They're going to have their new merch there, all kinds of stuff. So if you want to support the local music scene, uh, these guys are really good. I wish you all the best, man. Thanks for coming in today. You, you snuck away from work, so I hope your boss isn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, they're uh, they're okay with it. Uh, thanks a lot for having me. Excellent. Well, all the best. I, I really wish you uh, a lot of luck. Tim Haverluck from The Tims. And now I want to play a little bit of this song. The video, again, you can check out online right now. But the song is called Gigolo. Take a listen.
right, Carolyn Klassen is here from Conexus Counseling. We're going to talk about something we did not have time for last week, Mm -hmm. things about our partner that bother us. So let's start there to make sure we get it in, and then we've got a couple other things. So let's start there. I asked this question last week, and we got a lot of text messages, a lot of phone calls, a lot of emails on this. And I guess the point of this is, listen, we're not, none of us are perfect. Nope. We're going to do something that are going to, you know, it's going to annoy our partner. For sure. The key is if you're making a big deal out of something small, maybe there's more of a problem there, right? Eh? Exactly. I think, first of all, people have to figure out, is 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 this a big deal or is it a small deal that you're mm. making a big deal out of? There yeah. are some things that aren't just annoying. They're deal breakers, right? Mm-hmm. They are something that is really disruptive or destructive to a relationship. And those need to be dealt with head on. But often there's the kind of the little things that you used to find cute when you were dating or mm-hmm. used to realize, oh, the fact that he's off a little late, it kind of balances me with how obsessive I am about showing up 10 minutes early to everything. Right. Um, what's kind of cute or helpful or, you know, something that you when you see through rose colored glasses early on in the relationship, you know, five years in now, these things can drive you crazy. Mm-hmm. And they're still little things, but they, they grate on your nerves. And that's something where you have to kind of look at what of this can I own and how, let me look at my own reaction. Mm-hmm. So now who's got the problem? The person that has that annoying habit that bothers you or the person that's making a bigger deal out of that uh, than they should? Well, and that's an interesting question, right? Mm. Um, when I was doing some thinking about this, one of the things we talked about, I, I read about was how it's important to take responsibility for your own feelings being and being annoyed is one of those feelings, right? Mm. Because often one of the examples that was used is watching your husband mow the lawn without a shirt on and him, so the whole neighborhood seeing his chest hair and so forth. And that can, was really <laughs> annoying to this woman. And, yeah. and, you know, in some cultures or in some neighborhoods, it's no big deal. But the fact that it's, that it annoys you, what is that about? And sometimes it's about um, what do people think about me when they see my partner doing this? Does that reflect somehow on me? And so mm. how can you separate where your spouse stops and where you start so that you don't have to take ownership for if your spouse does something that's annoying? It's mm-hmm. about your spouse doing something annoying. It doesn't have to reflect badly on you. That's yeah. one example. Yeah. I've had people in my life that worry so much about what other people think. Mm. And I've always just been that guy. I don't care. I really don't care what that person thinks. Now. That's why you do radio and the rest of us don't. (laughs) Yes. If my partner truly found something I did annoying, Mm -hmm. even if it was not very significant, I would want to change that. Right. Well, and I think that's one of the challenges is recognizing that when something annoys you to figure out that ultimately you're on the same side of the table, you're on the same team. And so if something about that's going on is annoying you, can you approach it of how can we figure this out together? Because the temptation actually, when you see something annoying is to nag at the person and to bag at them about it, which in actuality is then also annoying. Right. And so... Being annoying about something that is annoying actually doesn't help solve the problem. Two annoyings don't make a right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right. There you go. Put that on a bumper sticker. Two annoyings Two don't annoying. make a right. That's right. <laughs> and so how can you approach something in a constructive way that mm. isn't annoying um, and to figure out how to solve the problem together uh, and to figure out what, what of it is yours to own and what of it is something that they can address. Mm-hmm. I think as we get, it's funny, things kind of go two different ways as we get older. Like some of that kind of stuff, 
bothers me less now than it did 20 years ago. Sure. Say When I was younger, stuff like that would bother me more. Now it doesn't. But it can go the other way, too, right? You can get older and go, man, that's driving me crazy. And it's so <laughs> stupid that it's driving me crazy, but it drives me crazy. 10 years, it was annoying. 20 years in, it's right. even more annoying. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I think sometimes it's, it's about... As you get older and things become less annoying, it's about having a better, a different perspective and mm-hmm. having an appreciation and a gratitude for your spouse and being willing to let some of the minor things stay minor and just being really grateful. Um, my husband, the other day, he pulled me aside and he said, you know, I had to clean out the sink in the bathroom because your hair, you know, was clogging the sink mm-hmm. and it was draining really slowly. And I thought he was going to say that that was annoying. But what he said was, I will be forever grateful for the fact that I have to unplug the sink from your hair. And part of that comes from a history where his late wife had cancer and there was times when she didn't have any. And so he is grateful for the fact that I am healthy enough that I have hair that can clog the sink. And I think, you know, and I've, I've talked to people as they're grieving the death of a spouse and they will say, you know, it used to be annoying to me how much attention he paid to that lawn and how much he was mm-hmm. out there making sure every bit of grass and I would give anything. Yeah. I would give anything to be annoyed by that. I mm-hmm. miss so much that I can't be annoyed at the yeah. things that used to drive me crazy. I would love to be annoyed by those things. Well, not long ago we were talking about dad jokes, you know, and mm-hmm. how dads, and I remember my dad used, my dad was sort of the life of the party kind of guy and he would tell jokes and people would love Gordon and, and uh, my sister and myself and my mom, we'd all, as we, he got into a story that we've heard for the 400th time, we would all kind of roll, roll our yeah. eyes. But what I would not give now yeah. to hear my dad tell one of those stories, right? What a gift it was to be able to roll your eyes. And yeah. wouldn't it be cool if you could roll your eyes all over again yeah. um, at something that was annoying, but also endearing. Mm-hmm. But annoying, uh, things you find annoying in your partner. This, because if you are nitpicking about things that really aren't that significant, that really can be a symptom or a sign of maybe bigger problems in the relationship, right? It can be a warning sign, can't it? It can be a bit of a canary in the coal mine, right? And it's sometimes when when I work with couples, I think people get scared to name the big kahunas, sort of Mm. the big things that are a problem in the relationship. They sort of know that there's sort of this instinctive fear of if I name it, there's no going back from naming this as a problem. And so there's this part of them that says, well, I'll hang my hat of annoyance on this, you know, relatively minor thing because it feels safer than to actually name the big thing that's Mm -hmm. on underneath. Um, Because sometimes those little annoyances, what they really are is a symptom of disrespect that's much larger in the relationship. And it would be too frightening to name the whole thing. So they name just a tiny little palatable bit of it, which actually then seems trivial. But it's not if you consider it the tip of the iceberg. Mm -hmm. Do you often see that in therapy sessions where you're working with a couple and things are brought up? And after, say, several sessions, we realize, gee, it wasn't really about that. It was about something much deeper and more serious. Well, if I'm doing my job right, it won't take several sessions. Well, whatever. I don't know. I don't know, right? I don't know. But that's a very good point. But what we often say is, you know, like if somebody comes in and says, I'm so annoyed at how he knows he should take out the garbage and he doesn't, I'll say it's not really about taking out the garbage. If we can work on the connection that the two of you have together and Mm -hmm. be able to repair it and have the two of you feeling closer, I'm not sure exactly how, but I know the garbage won't be an issue. That'll just fall off to the side because the two of you can figure that out on your own when you're relating well to each other. Things I learned about my husband that made me 
a better wife. I saw this list and I sent it. I put it at the top of the email, you noticed, yeah. uh, Carolyn, because I thought, wow, this That's is great. this is good stuff because mm-hmm. I have had failed relationships and even a failed marriage where my love was deep and I thought I was showing my love. You meant well. I meant well. Honestly, I did. You said what you did with good intentions. But now I realize those people that I was with didn't get how deep my love was because they didn't understand my ways of showing love. That must have hurt. Well, sure. Absolutely. I mean, I'm go- I learned that just in time to meet Jackie. So Aww. it's all fine, right? But yeah, like for example, guys, sometimes guys were fixers. Right. You know, and, and women many times, I've learned, <laughs> don't want it to get fixed. They just want to talk about it. Well, and they want to they want to get it out there and 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 maybe figure it out on their own with some help. Well, and I guess when men try to fix what what the message that can be is like I'm smarter than you, I know what you should do. When if the situation was that easy, women are also intelligent, mm. and if it was that easy, they could fix it themselves. What yeah. they really want to do is be heard. Mm. But I think when a woman is saying something, um, talking about a problem at work or with a family member and is really stressed by it, when the man is offering suggestions and trying to fix it, what he's really saying is, it hurts me to see you in this distress. I don't like it to see that you sort of uncomfortable and not, and and I want to do what I can to get you out of that feeling. I want you to feel better. And I'm going to, and sometimes it feels like a shortcut and shortcuts don't actually work that well in relationships. Mm-hmm. I want, I'm going to do something to relieve you of your distress because I care about you. And yeah. so those, it's actually an act of love if you can sort of decode the, the, the message behind the fixing. Yeah. I think, too, um, uh, money's another one, right? Okay. Guys go, oh, of course I love you. Look at how hard I work and I pay all the bills. Yes. That, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's another one, right? right? Well, there's one movie um, where... There's this, it was, it's one of those animated cartoon movies where this guy has a transponder that he puts on the dog. And when the dog barks, the transponder translates the bark into English so okay. that he can know what his dog is saying. And at some point towards the end of the movie, the, the transponder bounces off the dog and lands on his dad. And so he can hear all the criticism of his dad. He can hear it translated for him. So when his dad is saying, I think it's going to be a failure, you shouldn't try that. What he's really saying is, I don't want you to get hurt again. Yeah. And so if you could play it safe so that I don't have to see you, you know, be disappointed, I'd appreciate that. That often when men and women, we talk in code. So a man can say for sure, I am working super hard for you. You can see how dedicated I am by the fact that I'm at work 80 hours this week. Mm. That shows you how important you are to me. And the woman can kind of shrug her shoulders and like, I don't get it. The yeah. fact that you're never home means that you're committed to me. Right. On the surface, it doesn't make sense. But if you can understand what's going on underneath, yeah. there's a level at which it does. Yeah. So maybe I got us off track with our examples there. But things I learned about my husband that made me a better wife. Give me some examples. Okay. So another one that is here. And some of these, these are sort of some some general patterns. Um, for Some couples will find themselves reversed where it's the woman that is fixing things and the man that just wants to be heard. So, because often the woman is the caregiver sure. or the whatever. Right. Another one that is listed here is he needs time to process and think during our conversations. That sometimes when a husband is silent, 
it can be a cue to the spouse that he doesn't care, he's tuned out, he's thinking about sports, what I'm saying doesn't matter. And what he, what often is happening is there is so much going on inside mm. that it takes some time to process it. And he needs a really long time. to. And, and in our culture doesn't always give men permission to process their emotions and their thoughts and integrate them and put them together. And so if men aren't as good about thinking about their feelings and describing what they're feeling, it takes a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. And so it's not that nothing is happening. It's that so much is happening. It's going to take a while for it to come out. Mm -hmm. I think some of these work for both sexes. It's just not always, you know, not everybody is the same male, female, whatever. It it, it definitely uh, goes back and forth. But lots of times, you know, you'll be engaged in that heavy conversation and one person will walk away and you think, well, they don't care. They're walking away, but they are walking away to figure it out, collect their thoughts and, and, and all that kind of stuff. Or, or else they're walking away because the alternative is to explode right. and they know that that's not cool. And yeah. so they save everybody the trauma of the breakup, mm-hmm. uh, you know, an explosion. And so they walk away to so that they can cool themselves down and think about what they want to say. It's really hard to integrate back into the conversation, mm-hmm. but I think people need time to, to, to talk. I'm a professional talker, right? I listen and I talk and that's sort of my wheelhouse. This is what I do for a living. So when my husband and I are going to have a conversation, um, He's very articulate and he's very capable. He's probably listening right now and chuckling. But we we go for walks because when you go for a walk, like I have kind of a three block rule where if I say something and he's quiet, I wait for three blocks. Um, and then I'll say, this is a conversation. I was kind of hoping you'd say something back and then he'll laugh and then he'll come up with something often. Um, there's lots happening. I just have to be patient. Um, mm. And when we go for a walk, it's much easier for me to just kind of look at the houses and the trees and yeah. be patient and wait for whatever's going to come because it really is important for me to wait. Yeah. What comes is really important. That, by the way, right there, Carolyn, is the title of your next book, The Three Block Rule. <laughs> and then people are going to buy the book going, well, i got to figure out what this rule is, The Three Block <laughs> Rule. And then it's a great opening for a book all about the differences between men and women. Okay, there you 10%, go. 10%. That's all I take. 10%. <laughs> <laughs> That's your next book. Yes. 10%. 10%. Oh, my next book's going to be 20. Uh, what else is on the list? Okay. He tends to compartmentalize. There is a book that you can get. I think it's probably on Amazon. It's like men are like waffles and women are like spaghetti. Um, and the whole idea is that men, you know, when you pour syrup on waffles, it goes into one square mm-hmm. and that's where it stays until it overflows and goes into another square. Uh, and women are like spaghetti and you can't just pick up one strand. They're all kind of mushed together. And yeah. a lot of times when women are having conversations, um, it makes so much sense to say, and, you know, and like last week when, and he's like, how does that relate? Because he's thinking about one thing. And so um, sometimes men and women, um, and it can go the other way. That a couple has to figure out how they're going to talk and how, how the other person um, sort of makes their points mm. and tries to be heard and what it takes to really connect with the other person. Do I have to keep it down to one thing or should I? can I expand? Be, what is going to be helpful in order to be able to have that other person understand me and have us move this conversation forward? Yeah. I smile often when we talk. It's radio, so people can't see this. Yeah. I smile because I instantly go to moments in my own life where I go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah that's a good example. Like yesterday of, at like, supper. Right. That's that. Yeah. Uh, we're almost out of time, but give us one or two more quick ones. Okay. The other one is he considers sitting side by side watching sports or doing other activities together without any conversation as quality time together. Um Many people think of it's not quality time unless we're actually sitting across from the table looking deeply into each other's eyes having conversation. Mm. But 
just hanging out, doing your own thing in the same room is often very meaningful to a guy. And so you think, I don't get to spend any time with him having these conversations. He's thinking like, oh, it was so good to be able to spend the evening together while we each read our book, yeah. right? Uh, and I think we need to understand what it, what different things mean to each other. And we have to have those conversations because otherwise, how do we know what is meaningful to him? And that there are ways in which he is finding valuable connection time with you in a way that you might not be recognizing. Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.